Hi, I'm Abby's roommate, Alan. Abby and her guests make a lot of references to shows they work on, and they are really bad at explaining those references. Abby's solution to this, as to most things, is to have someone else do it. I walked into her line of sight today, and now here I am, your new source of background information. For today's episode, you only need to know one thing. The Super Happy Radio Hour is an excellent radio-style comedy podcast created by Adam and Troy and featuring nearly every funny person in Nashville. Abby's favorite part of the Super Happy Radio Hour are the Flight of the Bucket sketches, which are set on a spaceship called The Bucket. If you haven't heard those already, go check them out. You can find the Super Happy Radio Hour wherever you found Asheville's Dramatic Breakdown. If you really like it, you can go to one of the live tapings that take place at the Magnetic Theater every month. I should mention that the Super Happy Radio Hour is a good place to hear more of my sultry tones as well. It's really all upsides. That's your information for today. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Asheville's Dramatic Breakdown. I'm your host, Abby Allman. For the past seven years or so, I've been working as a lighting designer in the big, vibrant, complicated theater scene in my hometown in Asheville, North Carolina, which makes me a very lucky person. In my line of work, I meet a ton of fascinating people who generate art. They're like the pipeline through which art enters the world, and I'm so interested in that process. I have a million questions for these people that I've never had the time or opportunity to ask because I'm only ever around during Tech Week, or in the case of you guys, literally the day of the show. So, I made this podcast so that I can ask all the questions I want, and you get to listen while I satisfy my curiosity. My guests today are Adam Arthur and Troy Burnett. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. As always, I brought your favorite beverages. We've got Limeade for Adam and LaCroix for Troy. Yes, that's it. LaCroix, Troy. And normally, I would have one of each as a tradition, but LaCroix is gross. You think so? Yes. It's, it's an acquired thing. I didn't like it for a while. No. Yeah. No. In fact, one of our, uh, the first year that Troy and I met, he worked out of the studio space at The Wedge, and I happened to bump into him, and I saw the little, little there was a box of LaCroix, I was like, could I have one? He's like, please, this stuff is disgusting. It's terrible. Yeah. And now that I've aged, I've acquired a taste for it. Is that what it is? That, you have yeah. to mature into LaCroix. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to have you guys on the show because you are the fathers of Super Happy Radio Hour. Yeah, Super Happy has two dads. Yes. And and a disturbed uncle with uh, Rodney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and has become a very healthy child, <laughs> nevertheless. <laughs> or a beloved, anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's We're hope so. Healthy. Let's hope so. I love it. <laughs> And that makes me excited because that means this is technically a crossover podcast. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. It's a podcast within a podcast. Huh? It is. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's almost like David Lynchian. That is a quality that I want to have. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Troy can speak backwards and I brought my log. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, that came out wrong. I'm going to <laughs> drop that. Super Happy Trivia was, I encountered it really when it came to the magnetic, mm -hmm. but it was... At the at thirty five below before that, when did you guys get started? Um, it, it was an idea I had for a while. Um, it kind of bounced around for about two three years in my head. Really kind of, I really kind of formulated it when I did the Odd Couple at Asheville Community Theater with Jeff. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was getting really hard for me to find enough time in the in a year to do a show because you know four to five weeks of rehearsal and then 
three to four weeks of performance takes me away from my job, which is how I make money to pay the rent sure. that keeps going up and up and up. And so I started thinking about what else I could do. Uh, Troy and I had worked together in sketch comedy a few years prior to that, but he'd left town or was leaving town. And so I was kind of stuck by myself and I thought, you know, I was a big fan of 1970s game shows like The Match Game and Hollywood Squares. And I thought, well, I can create a structure where I ask questions because I'm a trivia nerd. Right. And I'll just get the funniest actors or personalities I know and I'll, I'll use that to let them do their thing. And that's, that's basically the origin of it. But I kept thinking about it and talking about it. And so I sent a proposal to Ginny Bunn. I didn't know she was on vacation, so I didn't hear from her for like three or four weeks. So I thought, well, looks like that went over well. But um, they agreed to it, and they gave me a once-a-month spot. I uh, started prepping for it. At this point, Troy was living in Durham. Yep. And I bumped into him. He happened to be in town one day, and I said, oh, by the way, I got this approved. So I'm going to start doing this once a month. And he was quiet for a moment, and then he said, could, could, could I... Could I be a part of it? And that was the start of it. Yep. Beautiful. And I drove up every month. The first show was great. It was... No, it wasn't. It was... <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> Troy sat on a stool next to me like some trained monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a place in the show yet, so... <laughs> we had to figure a few things out. You know, the show was basically an improv show without it being improv. Right. So, um... Like, guideline improv. Right. Because I... I, I don't really like improv that much. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen some that I really enjoy, but like personally, for me, it's never worked out that well. So I just want to give people a chance to be funny. And so when Troy got involved, like like I said, the first show, I didn't know where to put him. So he kind of sat up there with me. And at the end of it, he said, I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, because it was just so awkward. Like I was completely out of place. And so Ryan ran the board that time, right? And Madden. Ryan Madden, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, you know, it might be better if I was just back there and then I could just talk over the mic and just kind of be this voice, you know, that I just kind of chime in every once in a while. Right. Uh, and nobody looks at me. <laughs> and I'm that was way important. in the corner. <laughs> and uh, that worked out quite well. I had a little board that I would do like bleep, 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 you know, little sound yeah, effects little sound on, effects yeah, 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 for like right answers and stuff, <laughs> which I really wanted to bring back, but I was told we couldn't. <clears throat> anyway, um, when we moved to the magnetic, we lost that feature of it, but we did. I thought it had a good dramatic effect of dramatic pauses sometimes with the right answer, like yes. it did, you know. But anyway, uh, so that yeah, for the first four shows or so. We, we didn't prep a whole lot besides the questions. And if we needed to stall for time for the for the cast, I would kind of walk out on stage and I would banter with Troy. And it turns out we're not that interesting. <laughs> so we started prepping things, and it was always kind of like we'd, we'd give the panel a longer answer, something that would require some time, and I'd walk out and, hey, Troy, how's, how's the past month been? And he would say something ridiculous, and we would bounce off of that. Eventually, he moved back up here, and we could start writing for it at that point we really started to get some good stuff going on. And then we brought in uh, Anthony Willingham, our uh, music guy. Tony was a really good yeah. part, I think, of it. He was. He kind of added a really nice element Definitely. to it. Yeah, and he's a funny guy. He's just naturally mm -hmm. funny. Yes. Doesn't take direction very well, but he's very, <laughs> very, very funny. 
<laughs> takes it better than Jeff Catney's, but no. Nah. Oh. <laughs> that's that's not a high bar. No, it's not. No. Jeff's terrible. <laughs> he is just what a terrible man. He really He's really is. the worst human being, you know. Just maybe but on I the mean, face of the earth. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. I mean, at least in Asheville. Sure. I mean, most people, you know, they upholster their car in fa- fabric or leather. That he did his in kittens. I heard that. Yeah, and he drives a Prius too, so it's like everything <laughs> that seems right until you see all the kitten heads on the seat. Apparently, it gives him it helps him with lumbar support. Yeah, it's evil on the inside. <laughs> that's, just like and that is Jeff. He is evil on the inside. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically how we got to go. And Jeff was always a part of it um, because I just really, actually, really liked the guy. Right. Yeah. And, evil and all. And um, I think it was good to have an anchor or two, like. At the beginning, we could kind of have a couple of people that were always there or, like, kind of came back a lot. And then right. other people could kind of come in. And so you you never got two new people because we've kind of found out if you got all panel of, like, new people, they just didn't really know 100% what to do sometimes. Right. Turns out actors want direction. And what? I wasn't giving them any. So. Yeah. But once they got used to it, uh, and again, Jeff helped a lot because he just, he got it right away. He Ooh. was the uh, Richard Dawson of the show. And I know you don't know who I, Richard yeah, Dawson is, but <laughs> he uh, he was the host of uh, Family Feud for decades back when I was a younger person. Okay. So he was just always there. And he was also a host, uh, he's also a contestant on all those 70s game shows too, like all the time. So right. if you look up on YouTube, he's always there. And he, he's kind of sleazy, uh, and yet people find him captivating. Like Jeff, so I thought. Perfect. Yeah, Jeff, you can do this. There Jeff, it is. He wore a cravat for the first couple of uh, months because he thought that was very Richard Dawson esque. <laughs> and then we brought Rodney in. I think the third or fourth show. Yeah, it was very early, but he like completely got it as well, and so that was really nice, just to kind of have Rodney on one side and Jeff on the other, and then you know you kind of have hey, alternating people. Kind of... mm-hmm. Yeah, good and bad, yin and yang, evil. <laughs> yeah. you know, because Rodney evil. is Rodney is goodness encapsulated versus Jeff's definitely distillment of pure evil. Exactly right. Uh, and then we brought Jill in, and Jill Summers from ACT, who'd never been an actor before. It's funny she I've known her since she was the Elfin intern at ACT, and yeah. she uh, she has this natural disdain for actors. And I thought, well, you know, she can be on stage with a bunch of actors, and she can focus that. Turns out she's very good at it. So uh, I was so glad to bring her on. Because originally I wanted to bring on more than just comic actors. I wanted to have personalities. Sure. And um, I didn't really succeed in that part because most of the personalities that I knew that I thought would be great, it turns out they're terrified of being in front of people. Of course. Yeah, they're fine at a bar yes. or at a party, but, you know, sitting down in front of a microphone, they, they got a little she scared. Just, yeah. But she was, she was just a natural, and so she's a... An integral part of the super happy team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to clarify your roles on this, Adam, you're the host, mm-hmm. and Troy, you just do everything else. Well, I just kind of, um, I used to run the board, yeah, and just kind of run like the sound and stuff. Um, At Magnetic, I think you got somebody to help you with the. Uh, yeah, Alex there. started to run right. the like powerpoints and stuff like that. But right. yeah, in the beginning, I kind of ran the t- powerpoints and I set everything up because. I know HDMI cables and stuff like right. that more than other people did. So yeah, I just kind of did that. I'm not very good with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and then once, once we moved up and we moved over to the magnetic, we kind of honed in on what we wanted to do and kind of knew a little bit more of what we wanted to do. 
and uh, we got better with the writing of the, the sketches that we needed because yeah. you know if you've never seen the show, most of it is just questions like you know what was George Clooney's first starring role on television, and but we'd have these things called best fake answers, and it was just a hypothetical. Yeah, and there was they were fun to they were kind of hard to write but they were fun to write but they that's the those are the parts that the uh, the panel needed time for to be able to come up with an answer. And so we started writing these more involved sketches. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him today, Troy today, about the one we did where Tony had actually gone on vacation to New Orleans. And so we used that as, as a springboard for every sketch all the way through. And See, I saw that one. <laughs> that one was, that one was, was really Was that the odd. one where he ended up being like recruited into what was possibly a terrorist camp or something like that? <laughs> I, I think that was when, when he was on vacation. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then once he got back, yeah, it was, it was the show that he got back. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where they're learning how to make clocks and put them into their vest. It's not exactly the most uh, PC of bits, but we really enjoyed that one. (laughs) Well, we figured that we could really just kind of do whatever we wanted and kind of have fun with it. And if we thought it was funny, then we kind of just went with it. And then, um, and they were so short and throwaway that it didn't really matter, you know, because then you were on to like the other jokes. Right. So, I was. With the New Orleans one, the best part was is we were talking about the next show, and Troy says to me, I know for a fact that when Tony gets back, he's going to insist on calling it New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) And from there, everything just wrote itself past that. Well, I mean, when I was a uh, student, I was an exchange student for a while in the Czech Republic, and I got bad about that, really overpronouncing things, and... Then I realized I sounded like a jerk. I just kind of <laughs> relaxed it. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, just anybody that goes to New Orleans comes back going, New Orleans. And you're like, come right. on now. You didn't do that coming, you know? Like, <laughs> right. like, I know that's how they say it, but it's not like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's like a little over, over. It is. You know, yeah. And, I you know, it's, that just, a lot. it's, like, it's, it's yeah. the right way to say it technically, but yeah. you sound like a douche. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. Where I work, people will do that all the time. They'll say, I was like, what would you like to drink? Like a Sauvignon Blanc? Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Fantastic. And, and what would you like for dinner? A risotto. Okay. Um, cool. Rock on. Uh, let's, keep, let's keep moving. Fabulous. New favorite person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they usually have their dogs with them. Feed oh, them, yeah. Feed little tiny the, ones. Feed them at the table yeah. with, our, with our cutlery. But I think um, the important thing from the uh, New Orleans show was that we uh, focused on the possum as the New Orleans <laughs> railway kitty. But possums are really great, and I just like to throw out uh, how much I like possums. And they eat uh, like five pounds of ticks they a do. minute or something like that, and they don't have any diseases because no, no. their blood temperature is low. Mm-hmm. So this is some possum facts for you. These are fun possum facts. Yeah, yeah you got to throw out some possum facts every once in a while. Troy really wanted to do a whole podcast on, like, a whole month-long series of, like, 30 episodes on possum facts, and I quietly said no. Right. I was shut down on that one. But, yeah. you know, I still give a minute. <laughs> For the good of the public. You, you know, know, just people don't like possums, but they're kind of cool. They're creepy. Yeah, yeah, they are a little bit, but, you know, I've actually learned a lot about possums from Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have to say this. this is my favorite story about a joke not not landing well. Uh, yeah. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, it was early in the show. Troy comes up. It's uh, February. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like our fourth show, and he, he comes up, and again, I was kind of writing the stuff on my own as best I could, and then he'd get up there, and if we had time, we'd kind of go through it. He walks in the room, he's like, Adam, I've got it, I've got it. When you ask me what I've been doing for the past month, I'm going to say... So it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. It's like, how was your Valentine's Day? And I'm going to say... Two words, Adam. Cat food and masturbation. <laughs> Which is actually four words, but still. <laughs> three words. Three words. I looked at him and I said, that's what you want to say. He goes, yep, yep. It's, it's I had it. It was good. It was good. In my mind. <laughs> so we get out there and we had a pretty, our house was starting to build. We had about 20 and 25 and, and 35 below, which is pretty full. Oh, yeah. And so we're building up and we're having a good time and... And I say, how was your Valentine's Day, Troy? And he gives the line, and man, it was it was like, it was like the heat death of the universe. There was just nothing. It's like this, you know, <laughs> when they blew up Alderaan or whatever, you know, it's right. like a thousand million voices <laughs> cried out yeah. in anguish and silence. <laughs> Something like that. That was how that felt. <laughs> yeah. And so there was this long pause, and because of the nature of the show, I was like, How'd that play there, Troy? It didn't play well, Adam. It didn't no, play it well. Did not play well. <laughs> but like, there's another time where. But that played well. Yeah, that, that played. Right well. way to rescue. And there was another time where we we were. Uh, oftentimes, we had our scripts kind of like tucked in somewhere because we didn't have time to to learn lines, and it was like just a, it was just a kind of a reference point. When clients down, okay, my next line's this, and so I give Troy's line, and there's just a long pause, and then there's a longer pause. <laughs> Did you lose your script there, Troy? And he goes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Played much better than anything we could write. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Our incompetence is pretty humorous. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> We're pretty good at finding that stuff and just rolling with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of our humor Hilarious. comes from the fact that we have not been successful in life. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's what brings us together. Yeah. Really, the Venn diagram it overlaps on failure. <laughs> and baldness. Oh, yeah. 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 Unfortunate, unfortunate body shape. You know, it's fine, yeah. though. All these things come All together the... and they make magic. Which is why we started a podcast. Yes. <laughs> you can't see it on a podcast. <laughs> nope. If we say we're 22 years old with a full head of hair and a strapping body, you, who's to know? Right. I have hands for feet and feet for hands. I have no way to dispute that. I can only exactly. hear his voice. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such medical oddities as. <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> and the podcast is a recent thing. You didn't start doing that that long ago. About a year. Yeah. Uh, well, last year, April, was the first time we did it. And I think the really the the main part was was we wrote this sketch called Fuddrucker, or like the history of Asheville or something, and it was a With really the, long yeah, the cows and the, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and it was like a five minute skit that was on the uh, trivia show, but like it just went over really well, and like uh, Tommy read it and Alan read it, and just like who the people that we got to read, it just went over really yes, well. Tommy and, Calloway and Alan Law, so yes. Uh, but yeah, we did that sketch and it played well. We we intentionally did it radio style because I was starting to think about doing the podcast, mm-hmm. and um, and then we did a couple others. Some of the stuff I'd written before, Troy and I had written before, and it seemed to play well. And it turns out that the magnetic had a lot of equipment that we could use, and Stephen Samuels was open to it, and so mm-hmm. we uh, we gave it a shot, and it did take. 
a lot more time than the trivia challenge. That's one of the reasons right, why we because it's put, scripted. Yeah, the trivia challenges for the most less part not. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean the questions were didn't take that long, and there may be ten or fifteen pages of sketch. Mm-hmm. So well. <laughs> Everything's sketchy, but the actual like <laughs> component parts. So, right. Um, but I think the last couple of shows for the trivia cha- oh, for the radio hour have been a hundred pages in length. All said, and that's like a hundred pages that's in a month. You yeah. Know? Or well, the first the season two we worked on for probably two or three months. Yeah, two and a half months, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like the the uh, the last one we did. Yeah, I mean, it was like. Easily ninety pages or so, and I mean, mm-hmm. he, um, Adam does the majority of the actual back breaking, churning out work. Right. Um, and then I'm more of the uh, I call our roles uh, the Matt Damon Ben Affleck. So <laughs> I'm more of the Ben Affleck. He's more of the Matt Damon. I feel <laughs> where I just kind of sit around and smoke dope and kind of just kind of say funny stuff, yes. and then like he actually does all the hard. <laughs> actual physical typing parts of it so because he knows how to spell and he knows punctuation that seems key. like what was the other one that, for yesterday it, it, it was a subordinate clause a subor- <laughs> i had this subordinate clause just hanging out and he's like mother you get rid of that bad boy and i was like all right I taught English for a little while. It's, it's, it's okay. I I sincerely think you just kind of make up two tricky words, put them together, and sound like you know what you're talking. It sounds about. smart. It's that yeah. in the glasses. Yeah, automotive electrotons make you got to put a comma there. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do is to put as many like three or four syllable words into any script that Troy has to read. Yeah, because I am illiterate. Um, he's illiterate my, and rarely sober. Put those two together, <laughs> and he's reading it for the first time because he won't practice on his own. No, have you read? Take a, you take it away the spontaneity of it. You know, I practice. I, I can't it. even. I can't even. <laughs> I don't do theater so much. <laughs> right. So you don't do theater. You obliterate theater. <laughs> I guess I do. I know all the rules and then I break them. And the thing is, after like every show, somebody comes up to me and says, "Yeah, that Troy guy. I want to cast him in something." And I kind of, I kind of. At first, I was like, "You know, he doesn't like learning lines. Yeah, I don't. Doesn't like working with others." And now I'm like, "Yeah, you should. Yeah, work with him. Make him do something for once. Put him through this." Yeah. Uh, we actually have a, a other people write for it. like Rodden writes a fair amount. He's been really busy. As you probably know, sure. Um, so unfortunately, he's had to step back a little bit, but we're hoping to get him back in the fold soon because he he wrote he wrote this courtroom sketch for the uh, telethon that was really funny. Um, he's a, he's helped a lot with editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, well, he does basically all the sound design yeah. for the new radio hour show. Yeah, and he yeah. does an amazing like if you listen to the raw feed, you know it's funny, but he'll go in there and tighten it up. And add in the sound effects, and it becomes this kind of really rich, like BBC level sound yeah. experience. And it's it's I owe a great debt to him. And especially because we have some really um, crazy far outs, you know, like we'll have spaceships and stuff like that. And so he'll get the sound effects and play them live, kind of as we're on set, you know, as yeah. we're doing it. And um, to me, I find that really just helps you kind of get there when, like, you're hearing the hum of the spaceship or, like, you're just hearing, like, whatever. I don't know. And so, yeah, if, I don't know. I, 
I really appreciate it. And yeah. then they'll kind of yeah. go in and, and even like um, tweak everything and like sharpen it up and everything. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was reading an article about the original Star Trek, the, the original series. I'm that kind of nerd. I go Fabulous. that far back. But one of the things that I was reading about was the producers realized that they had such a limited budget that there's only so much they could do. But they could do a lot with sound. And so if you listen to like the very yeah. early episodes, there is, there's always, all, especially on the bridge or in the engineering, there's all the sound in the background. And if, if you take it out, it, it, it just eliminates whatever realism that they could create on those cardboard sets. And so Rodney already had that in the back of his mind, and, and it just helps. His, his work helps smooth over the cheapness of our production. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of spaceships, the Flight of the Bucket sketches are my favorites every time. Yeah. Those are yeah. characters that we've worked on for almost 10 years. Really? Probably, yeah. Uh, at least eight or nine. We were, well, yeah. I, I'm a big Battlestar Galactica fan. Nice. And so when we originally watched Battlestar Galactica, I kind of came to Adam. And like I said, this was probably eight or nine years ago. And I was like, you know, there's like Battlestar Galactica and there's the ship. And then there's all the other ships that's like with the convoy. I was like, I really want to see a whole show based on one of the ships in the convoy. You know, where it's like, they don't give a shit what's happening on Battlestar Galactica. They're like got their own problems going on, you know. But I wanted it to be mirror every episode of Battlestar Galactica. So it's like if they're having the water shortage in the real episode, our episode would have the water shortage, you know? So it would kind of I parallel. I would watch that. See, I'm telling I would, Adam that. Uh, and Adam's like, oh, that's a 10-year-old show. Nobody no, cares like about Battlestar Galactica. That's an amazing spin-off. Well, but the thing is, he comes to me, he's like, but Adam, here's the hook. This is the ship that sells the fleet weed. <laughs> yeah, because... And I, and I said, and... and? That's it. <laughs> well, that and it's, the crew is basically always sunny in Philadelphia. So it's like the yeah. lowest common denominator. And so like as in Battlestar Galactica, they start off great and degrade. I want ours to be awful and kind of rise in a sense, you know. This is genius. How can you not be on board with well, this? I, well, he well, totally was. And we wrote an entire... Yeah. Um, ser- like we wrote twelve episodes yeah. of it, yeah, and we, we really want to make it a live action. Yeah. Um, and that has been our goal forever is to make. And I mean, I have stuff in my house right now that I've collected for ten years. Like I've got a whole freaking driving simulator that's like the cockpit, but yeah. it's just building it and doing it. And I'm a lazy man. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so when, see the thing about Troy is he's an idea guy, and I so, got him. I got a lot so of them. like he'll throw this idea at me, and I'll I'll say okay, let me think about it, and I'll go home, and I'll start kind of piecing together how the plot would go, and I'll come back to him, and I'll say, well, here I've got a plot for you, and he goes, no, 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 got a new idea, and then we have to start the process over. But with the the Battlestar Galactica idea, I said, well, let me let me do something with that. And the first thing I thought of is, why do they sell weed? And I said, well, their life support failed. So they have to grow something, and they grow so much so they can breathe that they got to do something with it, so they sell it. And I started to kind of come up with the characters, and and um, and I thought Captain Standard sounded funny, so there's Captain Standard. And then there are other characters we haven't brought onto the radio show. There was, there was uh, Mayfeld, who was the burnout navigator. There was this... 
cyborg named Gorn or Dorn who was yeah, in he was engineering. Like, yeah, he worked in the engineering. Uh, they had an intern named Cobbleton who really picked the worst shit to intern on. Uh, and then yeah. And he's sucked out into space in like really early and he comes back. He's like our evil guy that keeps coming back. Yeah, you yeah. know, that's like has to all that. And, like, and then we and then, uh, and then we came up with the and then Lungs and Zach and uh, Lungs originally was supposed to be German. Um, and so when we first read the, the pilot that I wrote, I was reading Lungs and, and I was reading him like this. It's like, Captain, if we can keep these eggs down, we would be very happy. <laughs> Troy stops me and says, there's just not enough. There's not enough there. It needs to be more dynamic. And I thought for a second and <laughs> the character of Mo Sislak from The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Early Mo, I love his voice more because it's more high pitched and particularly in the episode, uh, where Homer treehouse is, of Horror. Yeah, the of Horror where Homer goes to the Ned Flanders universe where Ned Flanders is like yes. a, a dictator. And he bumps into Moe's been lobotomized. It's not so bad, Homer. They go into your nose and take out a piece of your brain. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So, yeah, that's... So, from there on out, we've been struggling over who gets to do lungs. I have to say Troy's is better because it has that... that Candler anger that he brings mm. to it so well. That Candler anger? Yeah. People in Candler are just angry. <laughs> well, we're in Candler. Yeah. Right, sure. <laughs> and then Zach was based on this really nice kid who uh, helped us do, because we were in a sketch comedy group for a couple of months and this kid no was... it was a while. It was like a year. We were in it a okay. year. Yeah, we did, a, we did a lot of shows. He's downgrading that. I, it's we been a while. A, it was a yeah, we put it out of our memory because, like, generally speaking, we outnumbered the co- crowd two to one, <laughs> and our group was five people. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. But we, we did some funny stuff. Uh, uh, Ryan, funny to us. See, well, that's what's important. Uh, exactly. Ryan. Madden? Yeah. Not Madden. No. Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I hope you're not listening right now. <laughs> Travers. Yeah, Ryan Travers kind of brought us together. Edit, yeah, point he'll fix that <laughs> Edit point two. Because <laughs> he, he got us together. Uh, and Michael Roach brought him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a girl named Michelle Kupchik. Mm-hmm. So we were all kind of working together. And uh, that's how it got started. Um, but Zach was kind of our tech guy. And he was really sweet and really helpful. And brutally honest in a kind of a off-kilter way. We were, <laughs> we were... He, he talked just like this. I mean, just like that. I'd be like, guys, guys, um, you know what would be better if the show uh, was a little bit funnier? <laughs> if you just, if you guys could maybe make it funnier this time. Tell some jokes, maybe. Yeah, maybe tell some better jokes. I don't know, do better improv. Or, but no, you know, it's, it's, it's a show. <laughs> and he'd be like, thanks, Zach. Yeah. That's but, crazy. He, but he'd come out every time and he'd always help us. And I mean, he was the most awesome guy. Uh, I mean, I love Zach. Yeah. But he, he just, uh, he fit well with our group. <laughs> he did. Yes. Yeah. The Motley crew that we were. Yeah. So that's, you know, we took all that and put that into the bucket. And we did write, we didn't get all the way through the first season, I don't think. But no, like, we got to the cliffhanger. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we had one that was like the very, the second episode, 33. Uh, where they were having to jump away every 33 minutes. Uh, I wish we could describe it in a way that would be at all entertaining to your audience. But, uh, <laughs> it mixes in well. Right. Like, they intertwine well with each other, or they would kind of have their own separate episodes. Mm. But, I mean, like, yeah. It, 
Uh, one day. It, I still think it will happen because <laughs> I think that our podcast is going to be so successful oh, yeah. that Netflix is going to call us one oh, day. Yeah. Uh, you know, email troyesbrunette at gmail.com. <laughs> Netflix did. distributing people. I don't know. And um, All big fans of mine. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, well, the water episode, though, I have to tell you, because the water episode, they figured they could filter the garbage. It's a long story. The garbage and, water. Yeah, the garbage water into right. like drinking water. But then they had to try it. <laughs> and they all ended up tripping balls for like four hours. <laughs> That's where we took that one. Shows you where our mindset is. <laughs> And so from that, we've just, like, loved those characters so much. And then when we brought this show, we were like, well, let's just start doing that for the for the radio hour. Yeah. And, like, we already had all those other scripts. And we didn't really, we haven't really used any of them. No. Like, the Space Baby one was just kind of an idea that we had, you know. Like, basically, we'll just drive around and go to lunch. And then we'll just kind of come up with, like, a little, like, that one was, Goddamn Space Baby! And, like, from that, literally the whole oh, kind my, of thing. My bed's all sticky! Yeah. Goddamn Space Baby! Goddamn Space Baby! <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, yeah, so, and really, I don't know. I We just know those characters so well. It's so much fun to write. So it's just kind of like one of those things. And so many different people have, like, when we wrote the original pilots, like, like Darren at one time came in because we had a bunch of table reads just to see how it flowed. Right. But uh, so Darren read the captain a couple of times. Jeff Cantonese did. Um, oh, Trinity Keel. We should be Trinity Smith, but Trinity Keel read yeah. Gutman a few times. Um, Michelle Kupchik. She read it too, mm-hmm. and then and then one day we had Jill read it, and I was like, done. Yeah, Jill yeah. is Gutman. Yeah, she is Gutman. I mean, like you know, as yeah, if you could just yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe not with the psychological problems that you kind of like figure out Gutman yeah. has later on. But I mean, just but, just, yeah. just a strong person that puts up with a lot of crap from men all the time. I think <laughs> you know, kind of has. Well, yeah. She's the most competent person on board, and and we get away with the fact that that because lungs is in, well, lungs and the captain are incredibly sexist, but they don't have yeah. they have no power over her. Like they they can't threaten her, they can't punish her, they can't demote her, because if if they do, she'll just gut them in their sleep. Sure. Hence her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what it came down to. It's like that's a good name, Gutman. <laughs> Fits up who she is. Speaking of all the the myriad of name drops we just went through, mm-hmm. you guys' show is like star studded by Asheville standards. Do you like go out and find everybody, or they come to you, or are you just friends with everybody in town? Uh, we, yeah, you know, I've been working in this town as an actor for fifteen years. Yeah, and um, and part of part of the reason I, I went in this direction to begin with was um, whenever I got to direct, which is what I really like to do, all the actors that I wanted to work with were never available. Yeah. So, like, one of the early shows I did here was with Darren, mm-hmm. uh, Darren Marshall, and the next time I got to be on stage with him was on the um, on the radio hour, which <laughs> is, like, 15 years later. I've known him. I've seen him all around. Yeah. Same way with... He's in demand. Yeah, same way with Jeff, awesome. and, yeah, mm-hmm. he is the captain, that's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, I worked with Alan Law, like, three years ago on Amadeus, yeah. and... Uh, and then he, of course, never got to see him again, but I knew him. 
you know, through Facebook. And I was like, hey, man, I'm doing this thing. It's kind of weird. You want to be a part of it? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's not a good Alan Law impersonation. I'm sorry, Alan, if you're listening to that. Um, <laughs> and then, just lost him. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. lost him. <laughs> and then Rodney also, he's kind of a nexus for the theater scene, so he knows so many people. And he would he brought in Carrie Kimbrell Kimsey, um, Allison from the last show he brought in, mm-hmm. Allison Young, I think's her last name. Lisa yeah, Smith. Yeah, Lisa Miguel Smith. He brought her in, and Lisa, please come back. <laughs> If you're out there listening to and this. And I mean, I think the best thing is, is we just, we hand him a script. We don't have any rehearsals. And like, you know, we're maybe meeting like a couple hours before the show goes on to read through it. And like, yeah. maybe doing a couple. Of, but it's like, spot. it's just like, it just happens and then it's over with. Right. And it's live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that's what really brings a lot of people in. Because it's just fun fun as hell mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and you can do all your silly voices that like maybe in real theater you can't yeah. or like you know <laughs> like you know yeah we're like bring it on you know the, the right crazier more absurd the better yeah so. oftentimes they don't we've been a little better about getting the scripts to them at least a few days earlier uh some of them like Troy, still don't read them. Uh, sure. <laughs> Troy's like, but I help write them, Adam. No, you sit in the corner while I'm typing. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's just the strength of the performers. So uh, it's there's been a few that I've kind of reached out to that don't enjoy because they want more preparation. Sure. And and, and we get that because it's, it's a little scary if, if you're having to kind of wing it. Um, but in general, they just, they just take to it. You and, just jump right in. And what's great is, is like we'll have this really specific idea about a character. Um, again, for the true crime one, the way we were considering this character named Mr. Bludgeon was vastly different than what Alan did. Uh, but we didn't give him any direction. I said, you might want to look at um, Anthony Hopkins and the first Silence of the Lambs, but whatever. And the moment he opened his voice, opened his mouth to speak, I just fell out because it was nothing like I expected, but it fit far better than anything I could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. So And we also had Travis Lowe as oh, yeah. well in that last and he's awesome as he kinda of brings this craziness that's right, like that energy. Um, Yeah, that like you don't really know where he's coming and then like and just even small characters he kinda of adds a very funny touch to it. So, I don't know, yeah, it's just uh it's fun yeah. to work with. He's he's definitely you I keep an eye on him because he's he's crazy. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> I, I trust him fully, but I'm like, I'm, I want to know what he's doing. He was always my favorite from the um, trivia show because we would have him on as a panelist from time to time. Yeah, and he would just, yeah, he was always my favorite. So, um, and I'm glad that we're working with him now. Yeah, on the radio hour. It's funny when on the trivia challenge when he would be a, a panelist. So I'd give him all note cards <laughs> so they could kind of sketch things out, and I would look down at Travis during those times, and he would just be drawing pictures. <laughs> And then it'd be his turn to speak, and it would just, it would just kill. Just, <laughs> it just come it, out. Yeah, it would just come out perfectly, and I was just like, I mean, he's just, he's a talent. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to butter him up or anything to, to get him to come back on the show, but oh, no. he's a beautiful man with perfect hair and enviable lifestyle, and uh, he's so generous and kind, and I love to caress his cheek. Just laying out the facts. Yeah, it's just—I mean, it's just yeah. facts. No and he smells fantastic, like flowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On June. Yeah, June flowers. June. Patch of flowers. <laughs> Unlike us. Yeah. We smell I like can- smell You smell like, like Candler. Croy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I smell like Candler. I smell like Gallagher. 
It's a real delightful smell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cotton candy. I'm sitting here enjoying the wafting. It's great. Yeah. Everyone loves Gatlinburg cotton candy. Sure. Caramel apples and regret. Yeah. Airbrush t-shirts. Airbrush t-shirts. There you go. That's it. <laughs> uh, Troy, you don't do theater stuff. So did you did you start up doing, like, stand-up or... No, um... Well, uh, I sincerely... It was kind of when uh, Adam and I met doing the VCV stuff. Like, uh... Um, VCV was the name of the uh, sketch group we were in. Yeah, right, the yeah. sketch group. And so it was kind of that. And, um... I have done a lot of film... Like, I did film movie stuff yeah so like I did a lot of more behind the camera um filming and stuff like that and then uh but I've always enjoyed theater and acting and sometimes I feel like it's just like it's just easier to do it yourself because you know what you want and you can just say it and I don't know know. that makes sense to me yeah yeah but uh but yeah, no, I haven't really ever done the, like yeah, I did like a Monty Python thing like years ago <laughs> with the Green Door, you know, when it was like yeah, but uh Well, you were in um Jesus Christ Superstar though. I was in Jesus Christ Superstar <laughs> put on at the Diana Worland Theater. Really? I was. And uh it, little funny story about that. I worked my butt off learning all the songs and everything like that. But since I'm just kind of a bigger guy, and I think the other soldier dropped out, all of a sudden I'm forced into the soldier role. So all I basically do is stand there with a gun and, like, look at people, you know? <laughs> and I was kind of bummed because I was like, I was going to get to sing and dance. I was an apostle, you know? And then, boom, now I'm a freaking soldier. But I get, get to whip Jesus. There so, you, you know, there's pluses and minuses with everything <laughs> in life, you know. Silver lining. Yeah, exactly. I usually tell... And I, got, and I had a gun. Yeah. So. I usually tell Troy to leave out the whipping Jesus part, because that doesn't usually play as well, but... <laughs> well, that's not the role. That's part of Jesus Christ Superstar, man. It is. So. But if I ever got to redo it, I would love to do um, one of the, uh, the... What's the... The... Caiaphas the Pharisees yeah Pharisees I would do the Pharisees if I could redo that so that's they seem like they have fun yeah that's kind of a fun role and I've got the deep voice (laughs) yeah it would just be fun super happy presents or uh oh well my alright so my for my birthday my dream would be um alright and I haven't ever told Adam this either so uh, my birthday fantasy dream is the flight, the cast of the bucket does Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> so, like, lungs would be, lungs would be Judas, the captain would be Christ, <laughs> Gutman would be Mary Magdalene, you know, he'd be, you know. What would the captain, do you remember any of uh, Jesus' lines? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, wait, I can't just get into this, Adam. Okay, what, what about lung, uh, I want to hear lungs as uh, Judas. Uh, Jesus, you taught me to believe. They taught me to believe. They think you will. All right. Or wait, wait, wait. No, the the Jesus. All right. Um. Uh. Give me a second. Maybe Zach would be. Um. Zach would be. Pontius Pilate. No, no, no. He would be. Uh. Herod. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus! I'm overjoyed to meet you face to face. <laughs> all around the place feeling crippled raising from the dead and now I understand you're gone 
At least that's what you said. So you are the Christ. You're the great Jesus Christ. Build my household with this bread. You can do it on your head. Or something gone wrong. Anyway, that's it. But yeah, so that, that would be... I would love to do that one day. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah. So... We'll have to do it as a radio drop on. I know, yeah, I know, I know. But uh, I, I don't know. Do, can you get the rights to that? Do you have Probably. to? Yeah, we can do, do it. If you sing it wrong enough, then. Yeah. Well, that is no problem. We could do it. Uh, a buddy of mine from years ago did uh, the Star Wars radio play mm-hmm. on pirate radio. And so, uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't very good at all. But um, it was funny because I accidentally tuned him in and I, I heard him talking about it. He drove in a van somewhere. And in the middle of the night, did it, except it was him and his buddy, and they had zero ability to change their voice from just their natural speaking voice. So, but they were, so like, Han Solo sounded just like Luke Skywalker. It was really, <laughs> really weird, but that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You do the Star Wars radio play with the uh, the characters. Exactly. Ooh, who would Zack be? Zack in the Star Wars yeah. universe? Yeah. Would it be Yoda? I think Zack would be uh, Darth Han Vader, Solo. Right? I don't know. Oh, uh, what about Lungs? Lungs would be a good Han Solo. Or he could be Luke. <laughs> Make Lungs the hero. The bitter yeah. older character is the young I don't know. <laughs> I'm still singing the Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm just figuring out. I'm just getting the other lyrics back. Just go to reach the whole nation. You had no mass communication. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm actually, I'm actually very unfamiliar with that. Jesus Christ Superstar. You are, you are what you say you are. <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. Do what you say, what you say you are. That's funny. Dun, 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 dun. Can you bring that kind of funny to the show? I would love to do that. <laughs> that would be nice. Come out and see it on Sunday nights. <laughs> Six o'clock. No, seven o'clock. Seven thirty. <laughs> We have to tell him it's at six, so he'll show up on time. Because yeah. she, she shows up around seven. Legit. So. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah, yeah, you're there. Eddie shows up. That's what's important. He does show up. Yeah, we've we've yet to have anybody not show up, which is nice. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Do Do you have any questions for us? We've just been kind of jibber jabbering. I was trying to remember them because I was laughing yeah, so hard. Been like, just like, oh, Jesus Christ, superstar! <laughs> I realized at a certain point you were singing. I was like, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> I came with that. Like, I was like, you know, that would be a good birthday wish. That'd be a good like uh, pre-show thing. But I just don't know if I can do it on stage in front of people. I'm really good at doing it like 3 a.m. karaoke at home by myself. There you go. But you know. Being an idiot in front of people. You do it every day. Yeah, I do. That's true. All right, so we're actually getting pretty close to time, but I have a question for each of you. Okay. All right, Adam, Mm -hmm. I have done lighting design for you for one show, and I was talking to Rodney about it, and neither of us can remember what it was. It was at Monford. You directed it, and I did the lighting design. It was probably Tempest. Either Tempest or uh, Twelfth Night. It must have been Tempest. No, I have no memory of the Tempest. It must have been Twelfth Night. I mean, I drink a lot during production, right. so 
the particulars of everybody who's involved get a little fuzzy after right. a few years. But uh, that was the last show I directed there, and that was three, four years ago. Yeah. That was fun. I remember working with you, and I remember having a lot of fun. Cannot remember. Have okay. you done any directing since then? Mm-mm. No? Yeah, again, it's, it's a time factor. Right. So, like, it's funny. I actually am working more now with the writing and, and getting all this stuff up. But it's a different kind of time because I can do it in the morning or I can do it late at night versus, like, blocking out. Because I work in a restaurant. Right. And uh, the difference between working at lunch shift and working at dinner shift is eating and not eating. Right. So it's, <laughs> it really changes the dynamic. So I, I, I kind of focus on that more. And it's mm-hmm. the thing is, is, is kind of like what he was saying about do your, you get to do your own thing because you get to do what you want. Um, I don't play well with others. So, so uh, <laughs> that's why I like being a director. I was like, no, you have to do this. But uh, this way, it's, it's there's not been a show really that I've walked away from that we've done that I've been like, that should never be released. We've done a couple of sketches here and there that didn't play, but like overall, I think we've we've managed to keep the quality up pretty well. Um, yeah. Uh, and we still have some stuff in the can, so to speak. But well, our new season two is coming up as well, and we're kind of yes. like holding them back a little bit because what we really want to do is change the format a little bit and start yeah. releasing them as a weekly podcast. And so every yeah. show that we go in and tape for an hour long, we want to be able to turn into four, 15, 20 minute shows that we can release weekly. Yeah, try to get a little traction because we want to sell, we want to sell Bomba socks. I want to sell out. <laughs> I've been hearing all these people selling out. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm into art completely for the money. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, That's why know, I chose theater. Yeah. This is yeah. the dream. Yeah, 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 definitely. Just chasing yeah. that dollar bill. Absolutely. And so, really, again, anybody out there that I can sell out to, right? Um, <laughs> give me a call. Um, I would give anything to be the character actor who always plays the weird cousin on, like, Hallmark movies for the rest of my life. <laughs> You know, people would say, those are terrible, but they bought me a house. Right. Say and, that to my three mansions. Yes. yes. I, was it Michael Caine said about, somebody asked if he was upset that he missed the Oscars where he won because he was filming Jaws 3. He says, <laughs> yes, I missed it. I missed it very much. Not as much as I missed the beautiful view from my house that the that Jaws 3 bought me. Yes. Like that, so. yes. Do your Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. That's, that's better. It's less Scottish than it has been. I've been doing um, Sean Connery doing Michael Caine, I think. It's more like, listen here, I've got to do some Michael Caine. Listen, I should have got all the Michael Caine's parts. I don't know. The degree to which you have to warp your face to do that is yeah, amazing. It's a, it's a little disturbing when you look at it up close. It is. Usually I'm looking at the audience when he's doing something like this to keep me from being distracted. Okay, but I said I had one question for yeah. Troy. Uh, we were talking about Alan earlier, and before he left for the rehearsal today, he said that I should ask you about the astonishing collection of crap that you have. Okay, yeah, I do. I have a lot of weird stuff. So basically, uh, for the last four or five years, I've been um, just selling stuff on eBay. Yeah. And so I basically just buy giant pallets of stuff. Sometimes I know what they are, sometimes I don't. Um, And so, like, I have really, over the four or five years, just accumulated 
the absolute most random weird stuff ever. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a huge collection of VHS. I have a huge collection. Is that where of all beta. the Jerry Maguire VHS? That's where came all from? the Jerry Maguires came from. <laughs> yes, I have about a, well now I probably have about a hundred and fifteen or so. But every once in a while I get more in. But yeah, I, so I have uh, yeah. I um, periodically still find those at the magnetic. Oh yeah, I um, heard that I get cursed from time to time. <laughs> so he was when he first came up with this idea. I know we're running long, but ah, he, that's fine. That's what editing's for. <clears throat> he was going to. Um, he w- he was going to set up this display in the thirty five below website and or web not website in their uh, lobby yeah and uh, Waylon was box office Waylon was a box office manager that night and hadn't seen the show and didn't recognize Troy and so he walks up to him and says was it, he asked you because yeah, I had this little table with like a little display yeah. of like Jerry Maguire's you know and a sign that said like fifteen dollars or yeah. something like that sorry. And so, well, no, it's Waylon walks up and um, and and very forcefully says, "What are you doing? Are you, are, are you planning on selling these?" And, and of course, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> yeah, of course I'm selling these, you know. And he's like, "Are you with the show?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I just kind of came in, and set up, tried to sell. I mean, we're here." And uh, and then Adam, I think, came yeah, right. I was like, over. "No, no, he's with the show." <laughs> It's okay, Waylon. Rescue me, because, yeah, I guess you know, I, I was poking a bear that I didn't know. I don't know, but it was just very funny. It like, was very funny, but Waylon was not happy at all. He's very confused by the entire situation. So, But, yeah, I have um, armor. I have, have um, armor? Yeah, I, I just sold my buddy Cody like a, hel- a giant helmet. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Malaysian plane that went down that I can't find. No, He's got it. He got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah, came in a pallet. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I have, yeah, I have probably over 10,000 DVDs and CDs and wow. stuff like that, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So I'm hoping to open up a shop in, in, oh, in Asheville cool. one day called, like, the Media Monger. And just not so much be, like, a rental store, but just have everything in it. And uh, I'm really into vintage stuff and antique stuff, so I have, like... Like, uh, I saw your collection of Polaroid cameras. Yeah, I've yeah. got a bunch of Polaroid cameras and, you know, like, boom boxes and stuff like that. I go to the flea market a lot, and I just buy crap. Yeah. So, yeah, I have, like, TVs. and. He's got a lot of stuff, I can attest. So. All right, well, we got to wrap up. Okay. So I'm going to give you this outro to read. Okay. And you guys read it however you like. All right. Would you like to start, Adam? Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll do. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I'm just talking about you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Asheville's Dramatic Breakdown. Dramatic Breakdown. If you have questions, comments, objections, suggestions, condemnations, or praise, praise. We, would, we would love to hear them. You can contact us at... Asheville Dramatic Breakdown at gmail.com Or you can look us up on... Facebook. This podcast is conducted, recorded, and produced by... I'm not good with names, Adam! <laughs> Abby... I'm, I'm always gonna... I hate you so much. <laughs> cut! Cut three! Edit point four! And... This podcast is conducted, recorded, and produced by... Abby! Almond. Almond! Good job, Abby. <laughs> is that Almond? Yes. Almond. Yes. Okay, sorry. A and you produce a sound like aw. M-A-N says man. 
put them together, and you've got... Adam being a jerk. Yes. <laughs> Good job, Abby. Our logo was designed by... Clinton Vickery. <laughs> well, I'm... Uh, Our logo was designed by... Clinton Vickery. Our theme song was composed and performed by... Josh Stratton. Production assistance by... Ray Stratton. Equipment provided by... Kevin Allman. I'm, I'm just... Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and our guests today were Troy Burnett and Adam Arthur. Thanks, guys. High Thank five. You. High five. Woo yeah. Yeah.